0: and uh, you got this energy. Episodes will also feature actual practical tips and answers to questions, including, well, what do I say when? And, well, what do I do when? So that you feel equipped to handle the day to day parenting puzzles we face. So pour yourself a cuppa, or lace up some shoes, or hide in your busy parent bathroom for a bit, and join me for head and heart conversations about loving and living with children walking past less often traveled. Have I mentioned I'm glad you're here? I trust that you'll be glad too. Okay, welcome everyone. Uh, this is Dr. Laura Anderson, and I am really glad you are here. And I am super glad today that Jen Hui is here with me today. Welcome, Jen.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, we were just chatting for a few minutes beforehand and we were talking about how, about being in the business of having hard conversations to protect kids and save lives and keep families intact and all kinds of things. And the conversation that we're about to have today is, is one of those. So, um, tell, tell us a little bit about what you, how you came to be in this room with me today. What, what life experience has brought you to this place?
1: Well, essentially, I'm founder of Not My Kid, and Not My Kid really is about educating parents in how to keep their children safe online. Um, And I founded Not My Kid following my own daughter's experience at nine with a predator, which we can chat about later. Um, And she disclosed that incident to me two years later. Um, Following that, in order to cope I started getting educated and, and I dived deep into the education as much as, as I could find and I'm studying criminology at the moment mm. um, and I've completed a, a lot of, of certified training courses. I really wanted to understand the risks that children face um, in order to help parents. Yeah, Wow so, so, as so often the case, the
0: intersection of personal has now become sort of a professional um mandate, right because there's you know as we know and I'm one of those people I am I have worldwide notoriety for my tech glitches and my tech snafus and I've kept tech teams alive and fully employed around the world <laughs> like I'm one of the people who be like actually I wish the whole thing could just go away and I know that's not realistic so I've had to come kicking and screaming uh, into the realm of trying to find a place of of balance in my you know, my own life, but most importantly with my kid, like trying to figure out what are the ways safely that my child can have access to the wonderful things that do come along with the internet, but avoid these risks. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about the, about if you don't mind, sharing what's comfortable for you about what happened with your daughter. How, tell me what you want to share about that.
1: Well, when when, they, when my children were little I now have she's now 18 and I have a 21 year old I also have a nine-year-old but it wasn't relevant at the time. Um, I was vigilant. Um, I I had parental controls on the iMac we only had one iMac in the kitchen um, and no child could download anything without my without my permission there was no uh, uh, multiplayer games that were allowed but um she was at a friend's house. And she was on an online game and she went onto the chat and she was in the process of being groomed. Now, at the time, we did not know that this was happening. All we knew was we had a child who used to be vibrant, outgoing, loved dancing, loved gymnastics, making slime, everything that a typical nine-year-old likes to do. And overnight, literally overnight, she completely changed. She started eating a lot less She became very listless and the most noticeable thing was her separation anxiety from me. I ended up having to take her to uh, a pediatrician who diagnosed her with clinical depression and he gave me a month with a psychologist before he said he'd have to medicate her. Unfortunately, she did have to be medicated for only six months. We worked together closely with a psychologist for support. But I still didn't know what was wrong. I didn't for a moment consider that anything could have happened online because I'd had all these measures of protection in place. Um, And fast forward two years, um, she was in her last year of primary school and the school introduced sex education. And she was absolutely adamant that she didn't want to do it, which again, confused me because we'd had a lot of conversations at home about this. And then one night she called me into her bedroom and her words were, mummy, I've done something terrible. And she was really distraught. And she wrote down on a piece of paper the word sex and game. And um, I have to be honest, in that moment, I had a suspicion that I thought I knew what she was trying to tell me. But um, I knew that for her well-being, I had to remain completely composed. So despite my internal distress, (laughs) uh, panic, exactly, I comforted her. I just put my arms around her and she looked shocked. She said why are you comforting me? I've done something terrible. And I said, can you tell me a little bit more about what you did? And she said, I was on on a game. I did the one thing you told me not to do. Um, I was talking to another nine-year-old little girl and we went and she said, and I went back a few times on the game to chat. So I knew that this was kind of a grooming grooming process that was taking place. And um, she said, And after a few times, the little girl said to me that if I told anyone what we'd been doing on the game, which was essentially, I got this out of her later, simply mimicking sex acts. But this is the first stage of grooming, right? Mm -hmm. They desensitize the child. Um, That I would be arrested and she would be arrested. So she said, I was so scared to say anything because not only would I maybe be in trouble with the law, but I'd get someone else into trouble. So my response to her, I, I and I will talk about this further um, in a while, but I said to her, we don't always feel the early warning signs when we're doing something exciting or, or naughty or we're breaking the rules. So this is not your fault. I said, I really believe that this was another adult. And she was like, no, 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 it was definitely a nine-year-old. And I, I said, okay, let's let just get some rest tonight. And the next day I called the police. Um, they asked if she would want to come in and give a statement and I said look she hasn't been on the game for over two years and she's too distraught I mean she she basically made me promise not to tell a soul and uh, they said well please give your daughter a message just tell her that this was definitely an adult this is very very typical of predatory behavior and that she's innocent and safe so I told her that later that day, and I still remember in the car, I said to her, I've called the police. And she started crying hysterically, saying, Are they coming to get me? And I said, No. And I gave them the message. And I do believe that there were two things that contributed to her, I guess, s- starting a process of healing. The first was my reaction that night. If I had broken down, if I had cried, if I got angry, she would have completely shut down. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I think the police message was reassuring for her. But she still didn't resume all the things she, she'd she enjoyed doing. And so when she started, the, a year later when she started high school, I gave her an ultimatum. I said to her, she wanted to go and see a band that she really loved, a dance band, and I said to her, only if you enroll in dance again and then I will take you. And she did. And that passion has remained to this day. So I gave her a way and out to to just to rediscover something that she really loved. Um, And and I think it really helped her in her healing process. And then a number of years ago, um, someone who I really admired, I don't know if you've heard of him, Colin Karchner passed away. And um, I'd listened to many of his podcasts. And in one of them, he'd interviewed Chris McKenna from Protect Young Eyes. And Chris said he really appreciated when um, something negative could be turned into something positive. And I went to my daughter and I said, how would you feel if I published your story? And I was quite amazed at what she said to me. She said, "Mummy, you have to be, sorry, it's emotional. You have to be my voice. I, I need you to 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 spread the word and to let other parents know how easily this can happen to their children. And so I published her story. I wrote it in one sitting. And um, she's been incredibly brave in allowing me to do so. But it has been a story that has allowed parents to connect and understand that something so simple can 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 really destroy a child. Well, and what's really the that's what makes the the
0: the i mean all predatory behavior is alarming and heinous and with kids under the age of about 11 right 11 12 they they can't cognitively they're gonna they blame themselves it's the egocentricity stage right so that means things revolve around them so uh, bad event happens and they think they had a part in it even when it had nothing to do with them let alone when they're Part of a decision-making train, right? And when we both know nine-year-olds can't knowingly consent to 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 further that, right? Like, because, and then they're going to blame themselves. And again, they're gonna. This is the classic. They're gonna think they are in trouble, so they don't tell because they don't want to disappoint you. And we, as parents, know they needed to be comforted and healed, and somebody else needed to get in trouble. So mm-hmm. it's it's a really a, a valuable. I mean. Yeah, I'm so sorry that happened with your daughter and your family, and all. And it's interesting too, right? Even with the right things, you know, loving family and support and psych- you know, psychology. There's still this shame that kid that kicks into you know good kids when they know they've done something, quote unquote, that they're not supposed to do, but not understanding the larger scope of that. What What do you? So what do you, the warning signs, what seems important to me today are talking about some of these warning signs and then how to talk to your kids about the warning signs. So what do you say now when you're trying to talk to kids who are about that age um, around noticing in their guts or noticing when something doesn't feel right about the way they're being talked to or invited online?
1: What do you say? So so really, I do this with my nine-year-old, and there are a couple of steps that I do. Um, first of all, we only ever use the correct names for our body parts. Um, it has been shown that if a child uses the correct name, the predator is likely to move on. So because they know there's conversation in the home, and there's possibly a, like, a higher likelihood of disclosure. So we always use the correct names for our body parts. Um, and then we talk about our early warning signs. So we, I talk to him about where in your body do you feel it when you feel nervous, and I tell him where I feel where in my body where I feel nervous. So for him, he often feels like he has something stuck in his throat, mm-hmm. um, you know. And we all have different different you know fe- experiences when we are nervous or when something doesn't feel right. And what I've said to him is, whenever you feel that feeling you need to come and tell a safe adult so someone who you know you can you trust because it's not always the parent unfortunately yeah. we have to be aware of that yeah. um it's not always the parent who the child may necessarily feel like they can can approach and i've said i've reminded him that not all situations when he feels those feelings are necessarily unsafe but it is the adult's role to keep the child safe yeah. and so we will establish Together. So if if he comes to me, so for example, I'll give you a a really concrete example. At the end of the first lockdown here in Sydney, uh, he'd spent, I don't know, six weeks at home. And it was the first day going back to school. And we were driving to school. And he said to me, I have something stuck in my throat. (laughs) And I said to him, Can you tell me a little bit more about what you're feeling? And he started crying and said, I don't want any air. So this gave me an indication of how anxious he was to return to school. And so what I said to him was, thank you for telling me. That's the first thing. I said, you are feeling an early warning sign right now. And mummy is going to make sure that you are safe. I'm going to not drop you outside school. I'm going to go into the office with you and we're going to find a safe adult to leave you with. And that's exactly what happened. It happened to be the principal. And she called me an hour later saying he's happy and he's back in class. But I was identifying with him what that feeling was. Mm. And I was reassuring him that I, as the adult, was was going to make sure that he felt safe. Um, another thing that I really encourage parents to do is to help their child nominate a safety team. So at the beginning of every school year, we nominate five adults. And they can't all be from the same family, so it's usually myself and my husband, a school teacher, maybe someone from after-school care or an extracurricular activity. But those adults, you need to remind the child, they need to feel certain that they will be believed And they will be helped if they disclose anything to that adult. And I go one step further and I actually let the adults know who they are. So I actually send an email saying, hi, you are on my son's safety team for this year so that they know who else they can call if the child does come with a disclosure. Um, So we do that and we do that at the beginning of every single year. Um, And I remind him continuously, we use those words, safe, early warning signs, Uh, The other thing I also do is we talk about safe and unsafe secrets. Because a lot of families say, well, we never use the word secret in our home, but I think it's really important to still unpack that with your child. An unsafe secret has no end. So in my daughter's case, if you tell anyone you're going to go to prison, or you you will go to prison, um, no end. Whereas a a, a safe secret is um, we're going to to buy mummy a birthday present. It's her birthday on Saturday. And there's an end, right? Oh, yeah, that's Yeah, Yeah, and so, you know, and I know a lot of parents say, well, we don't use the word unsafe. You know, um, you know, we, we, we don't use the word secret. We only use the words, you know, surprise. But we do need to explain to our children the difference because a predator is not necessarily going to say, can you keep a secret? They're going to say, you're never to tell anyone. And if the child gets an early warning sign and there's no end, they're like, that's an unsafe secret. I've got to go and tell someone. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's important that we do talk to them about it.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's so, yes, I think that's wonderful. So
0: and there's another statistic, and you probably have even more updated statistics, like just so who parents who are listening, a lot of us think we need to start having these conversations with our kids when they're 13, when they're 12. And I know in the States, I think the average age of direct pornography exposure is nine eight or nine now kids have all seen pornography on somebody's big brother's phone or a kid at recess shows them on the phone and and if they're not having conversations about their bodies and their what they're ready for and not ready for and you know and how to stay sort of i think parents struggle a little bit with you know sex and body positivity like wanting to be able yes. to talk to your children about the fact that when you are mature enough and when you know what i mean like this is a thing but you know it's a good thing however your mind and mind and body aren't ready. And I use the analogy. I'll talk about like driving an automobile, like technically you could sit in a car and you could make it go. It would go. Your legs can reach the pedal with pillows and, you know, but your mind and and body are not ready for all of the decision-making and all of the risks that would be involved in you hopping behind a car and taking off. Right. Like it's it's the same. same thing. So, And I know watching pornography is not the same thing as being directly targeted by a predator, but it's part of the same conversations because kids, I think, separate but related, because kids will roll their eyes. All the internet safety stuff, they're like, I'm not going to be stalked, you know, and they kind of make fun of the grownups. And I'm like, you know, or no, yeah, he's another 11 year old. I'm like, How do you know? Have you seen him directly on FaceTime? I hope not, because we haven't had a conversation about who it is that you think you're going to meet on live video, um, sort of a thing. But how... So I like that. So talking to kids about if they're what what are some of the other warning signs being um, being told not to tell anyone big warning sign to discuss Mm -hmm. with your kids in terms Mm -hmm. of what their body does? What are some of the other warning signs that uh, the situation online is is dangerous?
1: I think that you've hit on something really important with the pornography, because generally speaking, Predators will use some form of desensitization and, and that, and if so, if a child has already been exposed to pornography, they're already somewhat desensitized Mm -hmm. and it makes it that much easier for a predator. The moment a predator um, on say social media or, or an online game asks the child to move to a private messaging app, that is a very big red flag. Because that's where the grooming takes place. So most of the time, they will be on the chat and then they'll say, hey, do you have WhatsApp? Or, hey, do you have Snap? What's your Snap account? And that's when the child needs to know, uh uh-uh, this isn't okay any longer. Most children are so easily drawn in and manipulated by these by these people, unfortunately. They really do believe that these are other children that they're talking to. We in Australia are seeing a high increase in boys being sextorted. And that's so easy to do because a 14 year old boy who's connecting to some 15 year old hot girl is gonna be like, oh yeah, this is fantastic. Sure, I'll send a photo. But unfortunately, we've, I mean, the the Australian Federal Police have reported, I think, a 60% increase in the last year. So we have to be, you know, we have to be talking to our children from, I started the conversation at five. I started to, I read him uh, a book on, it was called Where Did I Come From? And it's 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 an old yeah. book from the 70s. It's a goody. bit of yes. it's a creepy book, you know. <laughs> and um, and then I moved on and I started talking to him about private pictures online. And I said to him, so, and, I, and then I went one step further and I actually told him the word is porn. For children don't hear pornography in the playground. So I said, that's the word is porn. And if you... If you hear anyone talking about it or if anyone shows you it can be really upsetting it can be confusing. you can come and t- talk to me about it. We have a lot of open conversations around that in our home. Um, we don't we don't restrict our conversation um, in any way. So if he I've made him a commitment that if he asks me anything, I'll give him an honest answer um, and I'll explain to him.
0: Yeah. You know, know what? And I often said, too, like starting early is important. Talking to all gender identities in your family, boys, girls, non-binary, anybody, anywhere exactly. you know, it needs to be aware that. Yeah. So so even if they think, what, I'm not going to go meet a dude in a coffee shop. Well, if you're sending off pictures, that is a whole yeah. other different kind of way you can be extorted and manipulated and and change things the course of your online life, because these pictures can be used in other places, which can affect all kinds of other things. And I think it's really, yeah, both are true. Starting at a young age, but then, you know, people ask me, I... You know, my parents are awesome. My mom is awesome, and they ask me, "Did you talk to your mom a lot?" I'm like, "Well, my mom was great at answering questions until she thought I needed to know for a reason." (laughs) Is the way that I say. So, uh, starting early, but also continuing even when your own heart rate picks up about why it is your kid wants to know about this stuff is super important. And and talking to all genders of kids and making it really clear, I think, especially for online stuff, that if you Okay, we're talking about these warning signs. We're talking about what to look out for. And you may still make a mistake around this. You may not recognize something because the people who plan to do this get really, really good at trickery. They get really good at figuring out what kids your age and another like to do and conversations, and they're all read up on the latest craze for different age groups, and they can totally. be super sneaky. And it's all, for a lot of people, they spend a tremendous amount of time and energy in their illness, in their sickness, around how to understand what kids want. So, so you may still get tricked, and I want you to know, I want you to come to me uh i'm first and foremost we want you to be safe to figure out what needs to happen now to keep you safe and help you feel better about what happened i'd rather know and support you than not know because you're afraid that you're going to be in trouble for missing some of these signs and and for and and, and also to normalize with kids like it's exciting when somebody pays attention to you and Mm -hmm. thinks you're special and wants to get to know you and likes the same things you like and, and, and right. And then, and they'll take time to purposefully do all those things before they start to gradually desensitize you with talking about sex, then showing images of sex, then asking you to do things related. It's, it's a, Uh, indoctrination by as you mentioned desensitization so exposing kids bit by bit and also testing will kids come back and and kids come back because they're curious because it feels good to get attention because they're online and they're exploring
1: this world and they have agency and power to do things right yeah that's right and now, I mean, the Australian Centre to Counter Child Exploitation, and I follow their um, advice within my own home, have really said that under the age of 12, a child has to be directly supervised by an adult. And so with my son, he he doesn't game, he doesn't have anything, contact with social media or anything like that. But if he has to do something for school, my hus- myself or my husband sit next to him. And and touching on that um, point that you've made about, you know, coming to, to us if, if if they do do the wrong thing, I've reminded him continuously that his brain is completely underdeveloped <laughs> and that the part of his brain that is going to be fully developed is the last, or at least that is is responsible for impulse control and is the last part that's going to be um developed so I've said to him I expect you to make mistakes and and I and I know how hard it is to tell me if you have made a mistake so we've come up with a code word so we have a code word together and I've said to him if you ever feel like you're worried about how I'm going to react just use the code word and I promise you I will sit quietly, listen to you and help you. And we, and I remind him every so often about that code word. And that's a great thing to even have with teens because I had a code word with my son and he just had to text me the code word and I knew I had to come and get him from somewhere. You know, So I think that we must remember that when a child has done something online that they know they shouldn't have they are filled with shame and the predator will make sure they feel an element of responsibility. And so we need to remind them of that. And we have, to, and I, that's why I think a code word is a, is a, is is helpful for a child if they're really anxious about approaching you.
0: Yeah. I think that's great in terms of, yeah, code words. Exactly. Exactly that. Like text me. Yeah. Something you have a headache and it's on the left side or Something around yeah. I'll know to come that I'll know to text you you must come home immediately. Like all, exactly. all of these ways to get kids out of situations, but also just to have you stay calm while you're navigating this stuff. Cause we don't want our kids to get themselves into further danger because they're worried about our judgments if they have made what we would consider a questionable choice, even though we've told them a hundred of times, right? Like that's, that's true. right. That's Part right. Part of learning is doing the things you're told not to. 50 times. And (laughs) that we have to know. But we don't want the consequences to be so great. So we want them to tell us at the earlier phases and stay calm than to wait and hide and then have there be massive consequences around.
1: And we need to remind them that we will help them because I think a lot of children, once they've sent an image of themselves, they're afraid they're actually going to get into trouble with the law because yeah. you know one of the education that comes around with online safety is you know this is a criminal offence if you're child under pornog- a certain age creating child pornography and you're correct, so they're terrified and and understandably so. So I think it's important to say if you do make a mistake, if you if you ever send a photo without thinking. Come to me. We can help you. You will not be in, in. You will not. This. We will help you. I think that's the most important thing to say because, you know, that's that's an area which, with my own daughter, I mean, she hadn't sent an image, but she was still afraid she'd be arrested. And which is crazy, <laughs> right? But you in know. kid brain, I mean, this is the thing: it's what kid
0: brain not. does not understand how realistic or not that threat is, and they blame exactly. themselves, and they think they're a bad kid, and that they right, and they're dirty, and that people can tell they're dirty. Like this is yeah. the stuff that happens with kid brain: is they feel wrong, dirty, and that other people can tell. And yet they can't say, and it's a secret, like it's just a yucky thing to carry forward. And if we can prevent elements Mm. of it, then these dinner table conversations, I think the media provides us a ton of opportunities to talk about how bodies are shown, how sex is discussed, how relationships work, Mm. what the internet is for, you know, all of these things, watching movies together as a family. What do you think about what you just saw like i don't know it looks like that the kid in this family has a ton of time unsupervised online what do you what do you think about that what could be yeah. happening because i think we you know parents sometimes when we're not sure how to have the nuanced conversations we get a little bit stuck in the we think if we say once You can get in big trouble. If you send your boyfriend a picture and then you break up and he sends it out to the whole football team, then you know what I mean? Like we use these one off threatening. It's almost like a scared straight sort of an old scared straight sort of program, you know, or this is your brain on drugs kind of a approach. Without the scaffolding that kids need. So if you're just doing the fear of here's all the things that could go wrong and not doing the scaffolded conversations about how to notice when your gut tells you that something might not be okay. When you're invited out of a group setting into a private group chat, anything else that you can, I mean, those are big ones that it should stop, right? Like hopefully if it never gets past that point, um, yeah yeah that's important asking yes. for pictures of course any kind of picture yes. um going out of a large group into a smaller group chat situation anything
1: else asking for any location whatsoever so any information about you so if they like typically they'll say you know um you know i don't know they, they they'll i mean if they have any idea where you're located they'll typically say hey uh i'm at this school where are you at school you know or you know I love dancing. What do you like to do? So they're trying, they'll try and get information from the child about themselves because that will assist with the grooming process. You know, then they'll be like, send me a picture of you dancing. Oh, that is amazing. And they'll, it just, it's so much gratification towards the child. Yes. And, you know, and, and, and that's, that's, that's a red flag because so many kids do it without even thinking. They're like, oh yeah, I'm at this school. And and I think that's the thing that we have to be very aware of is that, and this is why I'm so vigilant with my own son because he's only nine and I can see that if I put him on, on a game, all the rules would go out of his head. He'd just yeah. be absor- absorbed in the game. And
0: he's responding to it as it's part of the community because at first the conversation, I think this is an important thing to recognize with the word grooming. What grooming yes. means right, is just Easing children into a comfortable relationship with you so that you can yes. violate their boundaries and engage in inappropriate sexual and other speak. accidents. So part of the way this works with the gradual nature of it is at first, you're, if they're in a, sh- a group game, you're only chatting about the game at first all the conversation is about what level you're at who's here who's there did you try this room have you been in this place la 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 and then they see who stays engaged with them and they notice how long people are in these rooms and then they expand into what else do you like to do where do you go to school right and so and then it moves slowly into getting details about them and they're checking to see what what oh my parents are such a drag they never let me on do your parents have rules in your house like There's all this, like they're totally testing to see who is going to be vulnerable to continue the path toward greater and greater boundary violations around this stuff.
1: And they also sometimes offer in-game currency. Say, hey, I see you're really struggling. Um, I've got some extra here, you know, I'll, I'll let you have it. That I've heard of. We had a case here in Australia where a little boy sent, you know, many many images of himself for for in-game currency. So, you know, that's another thing. You know, if they if they if they're offering something that seems a little bit unusual, yeah, it's probably a bit of a red flag. That,
0: that's a great that's a great marker too. I think, right? Like, yes, I'll help you out in here. I'll. And, and so here's the crummy part, right? <sighs> do I want to live in a world where there are other 10 year olds and are there other 10 year olds and nine year olds who are good kids who want to teach you how to play a game and who want to share their joy with this game and who want to say like, Hey, let's do. Yeah, there are. And you know, you also just have to, talk with your kids about noticing their guy, if it's too much, if they keep offering you coins, if they keep offering Mm -hmm. you things, Mm -hmm. if they're doing all, if they're offering you coins and asking you a ton of personal uh, questions and, you know, then want you to be in a private chat room, like
1: alarm bells everywhere. Right. And I'd say children under a certain age need, I mean, and I really do believe they need to know who that person is in real life. They need to have be able to identify and tell you who those people are, because um they they are unable to be able to work it out on their own yeah. um these predators are just too cunning and too manipulative and you're right they study the
0: behavior of children they do <laughs> it's it's part of the and i mean you know it's controversial whether or not people call it an Ill, it's a mental illness i mean true predatory behavior with children that young my i mean my bias is particularly with young children but also um you know as kids get a little older there there's a concerted um, disorganized thinking, obsessive thinking that motivates them to figure out exactly how to work around natural kid defenses and how to draw a wedge between kids and their safety adults. And that's, yes. that's exactly what they know how to do. And so it's really important. And if it isn't you, again, let's say, you know, aunts and uncles are the greatest in terms of this kind of thing. And like, you know what I mean? Like having people that you can say, I think I'm going to be in trouble with mom. Cause I did this thing and have the aunt be like, yes. no, what? No, you need to tell me like, let's, let's team on this. Yeah, that Absolutely. kind of thing. I mean, being able to, to be in touch around that. Do you have any, do you have any resources that you love for parent? Like if, if you're a parent and you're thinking, all right, I gotta get it. I got, I mean the, the preventative, i the preventative conversations with your kids, teaching your kids to trust their bodies, to use the actual words for body parts, to identify safety adults, to recognize they're going to make mistakes and to come to you. If, even if they have, they're not in trouble for that part, you're going to problem solve yeah. together is there any technology stuff that you recommend in terms of that safety, those layers?
1: So I've got, I I, not the technology stuff, but I've got a, a, I use books by the spy safe for kids. So it's safe numeral for kids. She's based in Australia and I've used all of her books with my son over and over and over. And I find them incredibly helpful. Um, They're basically, I mean, I, there's a book bundle that you can buy. And and I just think, you know, if you work your way through the books, you, you can have these conversations with your children. And sometimes books really help because at that age, children should still be being read to. And so we have our once a week, we have, well, every night he's read to, but once a week, I'll choose a body safety book. And and we revisit and revisit and revisit. Um, and so her books have been incredibly helpful to be able to have these conversations with, with, with my son. Um, and, and obviously, you know, you parents, I don't know how many parents were mostly are on Facebook. I mean, and there, there are a lot of there are a lot of pages which one could recommend to follow. Um, just to be able to just get some information. I mean, I do have a Facebook page myself, but there's also Safe for Kids has one. Um and I personally uh, follow closely um the Child Rescue Coalition and Thorn. Okay. Those are two organizations I follow very, very closely. And obviously the Australian Center to Counter Child Exploitation. But um yeah, and that's more for understanding um the exploitation side of things.
0: Yeah. Well yeah. And I think just, right. So that's the, it almost feels like we go to either the, the, the threats of you'll ruin your chances for employment or jobs. If people, we go to the threats of, and then those conversations are real, you need to have them because I think they're, once kids get older and adolescence, they roll your, you're so uptight mom. You're so, you know what I mean? I'm like, no, it, ser- like employers are, are, are looking online. They're looking at his, yeah. they're doing searches of your faces. They are, they are doing these things. And if you, if, it, and so it's not, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom to have you sit in the corner of a library for the rest of your life, but you need to recognize yes. these are the real long-term consequences of these decisions now. And here are some tech guards and limitations and programs that families can use Really, the primary preventative thing is those connected conversations with your kids.
1: Absolutely, and wow. continuous, continuous, continuous. Just you can't just do one-off conversations. you just got to keep talking.
0: I got it. Yes. Their eyes. We know We can we can survive eye rolls. We would no parent would make hey. it if they if they derailed
1: us. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, if they're making eye rolls, you're doing a good job. <laughs> yes.
0: So, and then not my kid. Uh, listeners can check in there, and I really appreciate appreciate you coming in today any 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 final thoughts or anything you want to make sure we cover today as parents are thinking I mean, we've got a, you've had a lot of tips and i know on your website and things you do scripts and specific stuff any anything yes. that you want to leave parents with as we wrap up
1: i would really and, and it, it's not the most positive note but i would just ask parents to be vigilant with their children it, it is it is unfortunately um The world we live in today and um, the internet has some amazing benefits um, but at the same time there are very real dangers and i guess from personal experience you can't change you can't go back in time and change an experience once your child has had it so i firmly believe in prevention and that just means being vigilant the majority of parents around me even yeah. aren't very vigilant. Well, I think and, that's the other thing that starts to happen too, right? Is that
0: yeah. there's a little bit of alert helplessness that's kicked in with us in terms of like, ah, oh, I'm drowned. I, it ran me over, you know? Like I tried, I tried, and then I just am at sea now. I'm floating in the sea of this yeah. because it's relentless. It's, and, it,
1: it's, and and well, I would say, you know, the best thing one can do for one's child is let them be bored and let them play. <laughs> Right. right. Let yeah. them make a mess. If your child is making a noise and making a mess, they that's a good thing. That's a good sign. Right. I mean, we didn't even we today we didn't
0: even talk about the brain science. And I've had other episodes with the brain science behind what happens to our kids' brains and how much more likely they are to have habit behaviors later in life and all of these things, if yes. they're glued to screens just from the brain science of too much screen time. That's a whole other reason. We've got yet another is. reason today to unplug, to go out and play, to be the bad guy who says no, to put your own phone and computer screen down.
1: Yes, that's and, important. And really yes. re also to be very careful what you post about your children online yourself. So I'm always putting out warnings about don't put your children in your profile photos, make sure that your account is as shut down as it can be as private as possible. Because unfortunately the other thing predators do is they do trawl mothers accounts. So um, yeah, it's, it's just something that we just need to be aware of. Um, And I think it's great. You touched on the brain thing. I also manage my husband's psychiatric practice uh, during the day and We are seeing really a concerning situation when it comes to our adolescents' mental health. And so,
0: um,
1: you know, I think that by preserving our children's brain and letting them be imaginative and being children is also going to prevent potential mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: All of it. It it allows the brain to grow healthily. It prevents mental illness. It prevents exploitation. I mean, it's, it's, right. there are so many protective things about unplugging and staying connected to your kids and really yeah. emphasizing the, the freedom of conversation and the not the threats of what will happen if i ever find out you blah 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 that that isn't exactly. it it really has to be hey this is a candy land we're going to introduce you to it but it's going to be done in this way and this is what we need to be able to continue to have you use it that, right, and this right.
1: Is how this happens. yeah and i think always provide children's with explain explanations why i don't think it's yeah. ever good just to say no you need to be talking to them continuously about you know about the very real risks and because if my son for example he never asks to go on a game because we've spoken so much about yeah. the various risks not only predators but also just what it would do to his brain the fact that he's sporty and he loves being outdoors and it may actually you know, it may actually deter him from doing yeah. some of that. So, you know, it's just tell your children your reasons always behind
0: that. Oh, well, thank you so much, Jen, for joining me today, and we'll connect all the links. And I look forward, and we'll, I'm, I'm, would love to have you back at some point to talk about another aspect of of all of this online safety and things because we we can't have these conversations enough. And I really appreciate you making time to to offer that today. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me. All right. Well, thanks for listening today. Just a quick note here at the end to say, I am so glad you joined and I hope you are too. And if you'd like to connect with me more, come take a look at my website, com. There you can join my newsletter, keep in touch and find out what is in the works. You can also join me for coffee and conversation uh, and Facebook at Common Cord Psychology Services. So check me out those places and I look forward to further connection. I'm glad you were here today.